Welcome to episode six of the Money Mastermind Podcast. Mastermind. Mastermind. You are now listening to the Money Mastermind Podcast. Mastermind. Mastermind. I don't even listen to no other podcast. Money Mastermind Podcast tells it like it is. Welcome everyone to the Money Mastermind Podcast. Man, the world is insane right now. Dog coin is to the moon. You can't even say dog coin no more. You got to say doge. You got to say doge coin. In this episode, we talked to Andrea Danilla. She is the CEO and founder of Global Millennial Capitalists. Man, this episode is crazy. We're talking about artificial intelligence investing for you. You don't even have to think about your investments no more. Man, this is disrupting the investment world. Talking about data analysis, we're talking about artificial intelligence reducing errors and bias in investing. This is venture capitalism at its finest. Without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome back to a new episode of Money Mastermind Podcast, the only international podcast about financial literacy and achieving financial freedom through smart investing. Today, we have a special, special guest, Andrea Danilo. Thank you so much for your invitation and for being today with you here. Excellent. So uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us a little bit of how you started. No, absolutely. And um, once again, um, you know, it's really a pleasure and an honor to be part of your podcast. Thank you so much for the invitation. About myself, you know, I, I started my career in London in, um, in a venture capital fund where, you know, I really learned about investing in um, very early stage technologies. And, um, you know, venture capital technology that always passionate, um, you know, I was passionate about. Um, and then I came to the region where I, where I spent a couple of years in, in top consulting firms, as well as working with uh, various financial services institutions. And you know what? While spending more than 10 years in doing that in the region, I observed that there is still a gap in terms of the type of products and services that the local investors have access to as compared, of course, to, you know, the, the global financial hubs that, you know, the likes of London, New York, and Hong Kong. And in 2016, I decided to start my own firm, and mainly with the, with the focus to, to create a, a blue ocean strategy in the market or to create a new type of investor. Um, and we started in 2016. We, we made our first first products, we created our first products in 2018, and it was a more of a traditional private private syndicated deals with, uh, with a couple of family offices. Um, while in 2020, we, we came up to the market with our, with our second strategy, which basically assumed us creating um, a very disruptive and very visionary machine learning model that will enable us to offer um, investment-grade product source from all over the world, but specifically Silicon Valley, to the local local retail investors. And that has been something that, you know, we always wanted to give access to, to some of the best investment opportunities, um, uh, as well as allocate non-biased error-free capital. Because most of the time, the, the best deals are really clubbed around a group of people. And, you know, majority or the mass of investors don't yet have access to those. Mm. And what technology has done over the last couple of years is really democratize the access to great investments, great products, 
you know, across various industries and various services. Today, we want to be the first um, investor from the Arab world to mm. use artificial intelligence and basically turbocharge the way we originate and make investment decisions. That is amazing. And that is that is a lot. So we, we really have to break this down as simple <laughs> as possible. I know you went to Harvard. <laughs> I know you went to Harvard. But a lot of my, a, a lot of my audience have to break it down very, very simply. So you talked about artificial intelligence. How is artificial intelligence and, and deep learning related to finance and, and fintech? Please break it down for me. No, that's that's absolutely right, Suleiman, and that that is really a big question, right? And I think historically, people would be very focused on industries, and you know, with with the new big data that came into place, we we realized we, we no longer have an industry expertise, uh, but we have a, a big data challenge. And how do we make decisions in um, in our days? It's, it's really reliant on on big data, information, globalization, and the use of technology. And we started really solving a main challenge: is as a boutique investment manager or as a boutique investor sitting in Dubai. We knew that our clients want exposure to Silicon Valley deals. And for us, we didn't have, of course, the budget from day one to set up teams and analysts and, you know, hire very fancy people that that charge high fees to the investors. So we decided to, to think differently. And that would assume that we start making decisions based on data as opposed to meeting with people the entrepreneurs, having coffees with them and spending 10 to 20 years building those relationships. Mm. So today we believe that data will beat access and we have the first and most compliant investment product there is, um, you know, in in the current markets, at least in the local markets. And we are one of the first, um, I would say, even internationally. Amazing. So you're, you're bridging the gap between Silicon Valley and the UAE. Uh, so what, what, what type of products specifically are, are we, are, are, does your, is your consumers uh, purchasing or consuming? Absolutely. So at the moment, um, we basically have structured a venture capital fund. Uh, the venture capital fund basically makes investments based on our analysis of global data so we are able today through natural language processing and machine learning, which is basically data analysis, yeah. being able to analyze all the publicly available information on early stage technolo- early stage companies and technologies and be basically aware or know from an early stage which investments or companies have unicorn-like features. Mm. So for example, Well, in the traditional venture capital space, you would analyze around 50 companies per month to come up with two suggestions that you would like your clients to invest in. And what we are doing today with the use of machine learning is that we are analyzing 10,000 companies a month and come up with five recommendations. Mm. But we believe in the future, our capability will be stronger and out of 10,000 companies, we will be able to make 20 to 30 investment bets. 
And probabilistically, based on investment data over the last 30 years, we know that in early stage investments, more bets you make and more investments you have, you reduce your failure risk and ultimately you give your investor a great return. And this is why we reduce error, we reduce bias, we allocate a lot of the money to diversity investments, to female founders, to Hispanic, to black female entrepreneurs. And, and those investments initially wouldn't have been possible because there was a limitation of access. But that actually makes it available. So it's basically a, a, a typical investment product, but basically how we make decisions in terms of allocating capital today is we make decisions using the data analysis and machine learning models. That is amazing. <laughs> That is amazing. You, one thing that I got is inclusion. You're making sure that you are closing the gaps and bridging so that more uh, more opportunities are available for, for people from various backgrounds, all different types of nationalities. Now, what about their financial starting points? What is uh, basically the amount that uh, investors in your uh, market, what are the ranges for starting points for an initial investment? Absolutely. I think that we are looking at it, of course, always as, a, you know, a, a two sides of the table. One would be us as investor, as, as the fund itself, we allocate anywhere from a quarter million up to one million per transaction. We are a relatively large fund by the number of investments we want to make. So today we made um, already four investments since we launched uh, our uh, product in June 2020. We made investments into fintech. So we backed, um, I would say, you know, one of the up and coming global fintech players. It's, an, um, it's a fintech app that uses artificial intelligence again to manage your finances independently and, and make for you, I would say, budgeting recommendations. And then we invested in EdTech. We, we placed two bets in EdTech. In EdTech, we invested into an e-tutoring um, and media company that basically provides STEM classes, um, you know, support for kids and teenagers and aims to be the largest classroom in the world. So they want to be the Netflix of education. <laughs> and of course we did that. <laughs> that's, right? that's a good one. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> that really is amazing. And uh, I don't know uh, if I share it with you, but my, my background was in education. Actually, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still an educator, even though I'm also an investor at the same time. So you speak wow. about, about ed tech is, is fascinating. And uh, I think this is definitely a market that will expand. It, it has already expanded because of the unprecedented global pandemic. Now everything is online. So um, I'm pretty sure this ed tech uh, company has some form of LMS or learning management system that is widely used. Exactly. Yeah. Excellent. No, absolutely. As you rightly pointed out, we feel EdTech has gone through a phenomenal growth, uh, mainly due to COVID. And, and that's exactly what, what you mentioned before. When we're looking at, especially EdTech in some of the emerging markets, where suddenly some of the EdTech ed solutions are replacing the mainstream and traditional education. 
and we look at China, we look at India, we look at Africa, and the valuations have really tripled on the back of increased adoption. So you have a big restriction in the market. Schools are not open for more than one year. So what the consumer tend to do, it's really uh, spend a lot of their time on the EdTech online portals. And I think even looking at the COVID as a main driver, um, you know, of acceleration of technology, we think in venture capital has been a phenomenal year, mainly due to the fact that customers, investors, um, and all the stakeholders have had a really um, interesting um, awakening call in terms of how important digitization and how transformational technology is today. And on the back of all the restrictions imposed by this devastating pandemic, we actually grew a double digit online. So most of the traditional businesses switched off and there was a hyper growth in the online business. And we expect that trend to continue and um, for us to still report double-digit um, double digit growth month-on-month, month, especially in edtech, fintech, mobility, um, as well as AI verticals. Amazing. Uh, so I, I have, you know, quite a few people that I know firsthand who have startup businesses. So my question mm. is, do you, can you give us a peek into the algorithm? From, from your artificial intelligence that would say that this startup is something that will be popping on your radar. What type of startup <laughs> is, the, is the intelligence going to discover? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I have all my board members and, uh, you know, even my husband asking me and I'm telling them, you know, I cannot disclose the algorithm. But making <laughs> 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 on how how we think of um, of things um, again you know if you if we go back data science of course has has not been uh, something new and uh, you know but it's just we have too much data today and it's impossible for us to make great decisions using you know and doing the same things my grandma used to do the world has evolved and is moving at a very fast pace. For us, we look at our investment process into a two-stage approach. Stage one, that we have fully automated with use of artificial intelligence. And that includes us developing um, 12 to up to 15 criteria which can relate to um, you know, financial KPIs, operating KPIs, as well as text, and even statistical information. So basically today, uh, Wendy, our robot, we, we call mm -hmm. our um, uh -huh. Wendy, is able to analyze text, is able to answer questions wow. and understand context, as well as is able to basically run through, um, you know, various statistical algorithms. Yeah. So when we look at analyzing different stages of data, we come up with more or less a very similar process or criteria to what the traditional venture capital managers would have. That would require, the, do the founders have exits? Do they have good education and experience within the sector where they want to develop businesses, as well as what, how is the company benchmarking against the group or the peer group in terms of 
statistical KPIs, and this can vary depending on the data we have on hand from number of employees, number of funding grants, as well as um, labeling or categorization key investors. So I, I think we are really taking, I, I would say, a traditional model, but we are truly automating it. And that gives us tremendous results because we are really able to, to make great decisions that are not necessarily um, based on experience or intuition, but we combine the, the data science. And that is the first part. And we don't even have to meet you to do that. But actually, if you come to us with the company, I can tell you in four minutes <laughs> if the company top <laughs> of the top of the range in the median quartile or in the in the bottom quartile that is so you can see i can still analyze pretty quickly um, you know how how the business looks at it today of course it's not an indication that that will stay in the future but a, truly a representation of where it is today wow that, that is and, amazing yeah amazing. sorry sorry to interrupt no, it, it sounds like you might be the programmer for the for the win, for Wendy. <laughs> She's modeled after you, huh? <laughs> so, so how? What? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, what is, what is the expected uh, yield from the typical investor in your company? The annual growth rate. Yeah, no, we are we are a little bit aggressive uh, because we, we take risk. So today, venture capital really has to be seen within a portfolio. Um, and when we meet our investors, we always tell them, you should have a portfolio location because venture capital remains a risky asset class. It's a high risk, high return asset class. Mm -hmm. And it's aimed at professional investors, investors that have a certain understanding of financial markets and have the ability to bear risk. Uh, and then we, we tell investors that ideally you should be allocating around 5% of your portfolio to, uh, I would say, startups, early stage investments and technologies. And, uh, you know, we, we had a very, very good um, success, I would say, in the first fund that we launched we um, had the four times cash on cash, um, you know, unrealized returns in the first three years itself, including dividend distribution. In our artificial intelligence fund, only in the first six months, we realized the 46% NAV growth. Mm. Um, so that is quite, um, quite aggressive. But again, we are um, at the early stages, so there might be some, some volatility um, to, to the performance. But I would say we are expecting to do beat the market because of the use of AI and artificial intelligence as compared to the average traditional VC funds that return an average of two times cash on cash. We, we expect to be around three times cash on cash return. So that would, um, you know, assume a 30% um, IRR on an annual basis. Wow, that's remarkable. That is remarkable. Well, you know, they say no risk, no reward. The, the only risk is not taking one at all. <laughs> That's Absolutely. Um, and, Absolutely. And I mean, if you think about risk, look at Bitcoin. It just passed 60,000 today. So incredible. <laughs> so the high vol volatility <laughs> has some reward. Um, so Absolutely. so uh, the, the part of this podcast is being able to take something from it and apply it for everyday people. 
So for some people who may not have a quarter of a million or half a million, how, what advice do you give them so that they can be in a position that you are? What type of schooling do they need to take? What type of um, experiences do they need to have so that they can uh, follow along and, and follow your, uh, the doors that you have broken open? No, I think that's really nice to, to give this back to the followers. And I think this is really that, um, you know, the podcast relationships, right? Um, I, I come from a very, um, you know, I would say um, sort of average or humble, uh, you know, backgrounds. And I think in life, it's really important to work hard and keep on, um, you know, educating yourself. And I'm, I'm a true believer in, in long life learning and, and I think that applies to, to everyone, to every, every sector or every industry. And I think education is really important for, for somebody to keep looking and improving their education because education is really the way to, to monetize and to, to increase your earnings. And then I would say also, if you are a very ambitious person, um, of course, then it, it's really about setting up your plans and your goals and managing those in order to reach your milestones. And, you know, nobody should start with a very, very aggressive milestone, but you should build up your milestone and your goals. And I would, I would, I would really say the third thing about, um, you know, uh, having financial independence despite, you know, putting your effort and having your education it's really also about making some, you know, um, I would say well-thought decisions in terms of your finan finances. And I, I would, I'm really now, you know, education and financial literacy has become available due to technology. There are various apps that are various podcasts like yourself that are really bringing light and assisting assisting everyone to make better decisions. So I think financial literacy, reading about, in, uh, about finances, managing your finances, getting the right advice, ensuring you are uh, basically making right decisions, it's really, really important at every stage of your life. Of course, when you are relatively younger, you have a higher, higher risk appetite as compared to when you are older, you can afford to take more risk. You can have a different portfolio location. But it's really important, of course, from the basics of life, life insurance, savings, uh, children, education, home mortgage. Those are, I would say, the core financial assets that everyone should be working on. And, you know, advice is available, but it's very important for everyone to, to, to follow this type of podcast, to, to read, to get the financial education, get that information flow, and that will assist a lot with, um, with the financial decisions, hopefully. Absolutely. I think that was um, wonderfully said. Um, I think that the audience, if you are not at that level yet, start small. Start with educating yourself. Start with getting financial literate. Um, start with some, like you said, life insurance, some safe investments. And then build yourself exactly. up so that you can then get Wendy to, to tell you <laughs> what to put your money into. We're in a, we are in a new world and a new age. Artificial intelligence is the maximum uh, 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 idea when we say smart investing. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think the good 
about us that is we are we are really trying to tokenize it and make it available to retail investor. Today we believe that there are great opportunities that sometimes are available only within a specific financial services circle. The next the next step for us is really um, you know, look at Wendy and make it available to the investor that only wants to invest $50 or $100. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, we are in, in touch with um, a couple of regulatory sort of, um, you know, environments and, and, and legislations to see how do we make this opportunity available for everyone who wants to invest as low as 50 So hopefully we can meet in a couple of months again at your lovely podcast, and I can give you some updates about that. That would be tremendous. I would love to, and the audience is waiting for it. Their ears are keen. They're peaking for that that discussion. So um, I'm looking forward to meeting you again, um, and I want to thank you so much for your time. Where can the people find out more about you, find out more about uh, your company, and how to invest? Thank you so much, Suleiman. And I think um, my my LinkedIn profile, Andrea Danila, I think they can um, always, um, you know, send me a message um, or, um, you know, my um, our company website, which is millennialcapital.net. Um, or, of course, you know, I think through, through yourself, um, you know, we would like to be in touch, um, you know, and, uh, and hear more opinions, meet with more people. And I think most importantly, create more, uh, good and support more people get uh, financial literate and um, you know again I truly enjoyed being on your podcast today and thank you so much again for the invitation no 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 thank you the pleasure was all mine this is the money mastermind podcast another one in the books we here we not going anywhere until next time you are now listening to the money mastermind podcast mastermind mastermind mastermind, mastermind. mastermind.